let's address the elephant in the room. How do I get my children to listen using gentle parenting? Yelling may get them to listen or even announcing that they're going to lose a privilege or even telling them they're going to be spanked if they don't listen. But I don't want to do that. But how do I get my children to listen? In this podcast episode, I'm going to show you a roadmap or a guide towards gaining cooperation peacefully. And I'm going to do it by addressing the three causes of children not listening and how to overcome them. Because yes, behind that not listening, there are three causes and it's always one of these three. And when you know what they are, you will be able to gain your children's cooperation a lot faster, smoother, without having to raise your voice. I am Marcela Collier, head coach of HIC Parenting Education Agency, and you are listening to the Parenting with Understanding podcast. HIC Parenting is a parenting education agency with the mission to help parents like you break their cycle of frustration, bring peace to their parenting, and raise emotionally healthy children. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this week's episode of the Parenting with Understanding podcast. This is the place where you learn strategies and practical things, survival tips to bring a lot more peace to your parenting so you can raise emotionally confident children. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the three causes why children don't listen and how to actually gain their cooperation without having to yell, without having to repeat yourself a million times, without having to spank them or do something that you don't want to do. Before we dive into those three causes, let's talk about my children won't listen. Because this is a belief and not a reality. My children won't listen is the perception that we have about their behaviors. There are two truths. Number one, children are always listening. They listen to our words or they listen to our body language and they are receptive to our words and body language. So they're always listening. What are they listening to? When it comes to your body language, what kind of body language are they listening to? The tone of the things that you're saying, your tone, what kind of tone are they listening to? Your words, what are your words? What kind of words are they listening to? The second thing about these, my children won't listen, comes from a rooted bias and belief that children deliberately choose to not listen. And that's the very first thing that we need to work on because is it really true that they just won't listen or that they can't listen at the moment? Those are two different things. And is it that they won't listen, that they're choosing not to listen or they can't listen at the moment? for these three particular reasons. Number one, let's talk about the role of connection when it comes to gaining our children's cooperation. My husband, he's in charge of the night routine. I do all the day routine, the morning, I pick them up from school. 
I do everything until 5 p.m. When it comes to dinner and bath time, I'm putting them to bed. That's his job. And then I join them once they're in bed. So he was out for the whole day. And it was a Saturday. The twins were used to hanging out with him on the weekends. And that day he had a well-deserved rest. He went to be with his sister the whole day, which is fine. I was okay with it. He deserves it. But what happens? It threw off the twins, the, the twins' routine, and then the twins' sense of connection to him. So he came in. He was already rushed because he was past their bath time, and they have not taken a bath. I still don't do it. It is my husband's responsibility. And then he came late and then he said, okay, okay, hi guys. And then he said, hi, real quick. And then he hugged them very fast. And then he said, okay, guys, let's go and start the routine, get in the bath. One of the twins went right away. My other son, he stayed in the garage playing with his basketball. We have a basketball hoop in the garage outside on the driveway. And then my husband went back out there and he said, hey, Miguel, did you listen to me? Go get in the bath. And then he kept playing basketball. And then my husband started getting a little agitated. He said, Miguel, are you listening to me? Go get in the bath. Well, at that point, I saw that things were escalating. And I said, Brian, come here for a second. And then he said, yeah, I think what you're going to tell me is it. I'm just wondering what's going on in Miguel's head. And he said, you know, you're right. I was gone all day. And I said a quick hi and hug. And then I started the daily routine with them. Santi was okay with it because, I mean, his love language is physical touch. He was okay with the hug and the kiss. But Miguel's love language is quality time. So I get it. I get it. I get his body language of what he's asking for. So he went to the driveway again. And then he said, hi, Miguel. I missed you. Let me see what you're doing. And then they did two or three passes. And then he said, okay, let's get on my back. And then Miguel went and then he climbed on daddy's back. And then they went right to the bath and everything was smooth and normal. So what happened here? Connection feeds cooperation. This connection feeds defiance, feeds not listening. Some of you might be thinking, wait a second, if I do that, would not that give the impression to Miguel that if I pay attention to him, then it's okay for him to act that way? Well, again, disconnection feeds power struggles and defiance, and connection feeds cooperation. So if my husband would have gone with the, you have to listen to me, and then pull him by the ears and take him to the bathtub, that would have been really, really bad. But just by speaking his love language for, it was literally 30 seconds, everything went well the rest of the day. Because children are not deliberately trying to do things just to get the attention or to quote unquote misbehave to get the attention. They're just trying to meet their needs because every behavior communicates a need. And there is a clear basic need for connection and belonging that is only met when we speak our children's love language. Connection 
feeds cooperation. This connection feeds defiance. So think for a second. If your child is spent, oh, it's hard to get them to listen. Think, are my words connected or disconnected? Are my actions connected or disconnected? Is my demeanor connected or disconnected? Is this consequence that I'm announcing, if you don't go to the bath right now, this is going to, is that connected or disconnected? Because if it's disconnected, it's going to feed that behavior we don't want to see in the long term, even if the right now behavior is fixed. Connection always bridges the gap between the instruction and cooperation. Let's move on to the second reason why children, again, is not that they won't listen, they can't listen. And this one has to do with expectations. Children can't listen to unrealistic expectations. I remember I was talking to a mom in one of our free parenting assessment calls that, by the way, if you want to schedule one, it gives you so much clarity about the things that are happening in your parenting, how to move forward and how to achieve a lot more peace considering your specific family. If you want to schedule one, all you have to do is go to apply.hicparenting.com and that's our calendar. So I was talking to this mom and then her main concern was my two-year-old, when it comes to playing with the one-year-old, is so rough. She won't share. She's so bossy. She won't share with her sister. So her main concern is how do I get her to understand that she needs to play with sister? Well, let's go back and let's think about the expectation. The expectation is she needs to understand that she has to play with sister, that sister is smaller, that she needs to be more gentle. Do two-year-olds really understand? They don't. <laughs> Developmentally, they're not ready yet to be empathetic. They may express sympathy towards others. Sympathy is saying, are you okay? Aww. All those expressions are sympathy statements that children repeat because they hear us repeating it. Empathy is truly putting ourselves in the older one's shoes and mind and seeing and feeling and understanding and thinking how they think, how they feel, how they understand. So a two-year-old will never understand that the one-year-old plays differently, that the one-year-old is more fragile, that the one-year-old is not able to play the same way that the one-year-old doesn't understand as much and cries more if things don't go her way, that the one-year-old doesn't have a big gross motor coordination and may knock things down easier, and that does not mean that they want to be mean or destroy the play, the two-year-old is not going to understand none of that. And the two-year-old is not going to understand about sharing because developmentally, they don't play cooperatively yet. They do parallel play. They don't play cooperatively. So is that expectation really realistic? It's not. And as much as the mom will try, the two-year-old won't understand until she's old enough to understand. And it's now when she's two, now when she's three, possibly four, but maybe, maybe sometimes a lot older. <laughs> so she has a few more years where she's just going to have to keep close supervision so the two-year-old is not too aggressive with the one-year-old. So that's the second reason. 
think about your expectations. Are your expectations realistic? Are your expectations based on understanding your child's brain development, understanding how they see their world, understanding how they process information, understanding their emotional development? If not, then on our parenting assessment call, we can see where you are at mentally so you can be a more understanding parent, although you're already a very loving one, and we can always gain understanding by gaining that knowledge of where we are at in terms of how we see and perceive our children. So the third reason, it has to do with nervous system regulation. Children, is not that they won't listen. Children can't listen when they are dysregulated. And that's when I want to bring the older kids here on this portion of this episode, because that's when a lot of parents say, hey, but my nine-year-old is old enough to understand and listen. My nine-year-old understands the expectation. My nine-year-old should knows better. If their nervous system is dysregulated, it doesn't matter if they already know better, if they're older, if they're teens, they can't listen. And there is actually a reason according to brain development. Their prefrontal cortex, which is their area of the brain that allows them to make decisions calmly under stress, is not developed until mid-20s. Some research says that even 30s, depending on the child, so they're not able to make a decision calmly or to even make a decision under stress when they're dysregulated. So it is not that they won't listen and won't pick up their toys or their room. It's that they can't listen when they're upset, when they're dysregulated, when they're angry, when they're overwhelmed, when they're very frustrated. One of the first things when I talk to parents of older kids and they tell me this, my child won't listen, my 12-year-old won't listen, one of the first things as a parenting coach that I explore is, what is this child's nervous system regulation level when you tell them the instruction? Are they connected to you? Are they calm and they're talkative? Are they interacting with you in a calm way? Or are they stressed, triggered, agitated, hyper-focused in something else? Because all that contributes to nervous system dysregulation. And let's talk about neurodivergent kids. I have autism, and even as an adult, if I'm hyper-focused on an activity, my husband comes and tells me something that I need to do right now that catches me off guard, and... Pfft, as much of an adult as I am, I can't follow that direction or that request because it dysregulates my nervous system when I'm disrupted. <laughs> so it's not that I respond with yelling or anything. No, I have good coping skills right now, but I just can't follow the instruction until, okay, give me a second. Let me take a few deep breaths, recover myself from this disruption, and then we can talk. It happened yesterday. <laughs> That actually happened yesterday. So your children, they want to listen. Nobody's born feeling with the desire of, I'm going to be just that troubled child who won't listen and who won't take no for an answer. No, 
We all want to do good. Your children want to do good. Matter of fact, they don't only want to do good, but they want to please you. Children are parent pleasers <laughs> the first years of life. And after that, if they develop a strong sense of self, then they don't become people pleasers. If they don't, they do become people pleasers. But what I'm trying to say is that they want to do well. They want to please you. They want to have a good relationship with you because they depend on you. You are their livelihood. They depend on you. It's that sometimes they just can't listen for one of these three reasons. They either feel disconnected. They can't listen because it's outside of their capabilities, developmentally speaking. Or number three, because they're dysregulated. So assess which one of these three, which one of these three, my child is not listening, which one of these three, adjust. And if you need that personalized guidance, as HIC Parenting Coaching Agency, we are an agency full of coaches ready to support you and wrap our arms around you so you can bring peace to your parenting and raise emotionally healthy children. So I have an invitation for you. If you are ready to get that tailored guidance, access our free parenting assessment call. This is not a coaching session. This is a call where we're going to assess your parenting, see the points of strength, the points of growth or of lack or of struggle and points to solution. And at the end, if you want to keep support, then we will tell you about our coaching services and you will decide if you're going to enroll or not as a client. So all you have to do is go to apply.hicparenting.com. I cannot wait to talk to you. I cannot wait to hear you and to help you become the connected parent that you want to be for your kids. If this episode helped you in some way understand your situation a lot better, or if the Parenting with Understanding podcast has helped you in any way, would you leave us a positive review? Just open the description of this podcast episode and then leave us a positive review. Let us know how we helped you understand yourself more and understand your children so you can have the tools to raise emotionally healthy children. Remember, it only takes understanding of yourself and of your children to transform your parenting. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Parenting with Understanding podcast. For more information on how to bring peace to your parenting and raise emotionally healthy children, head over to www.hicparenting.com. We'll see you soon.